We have a world with a lot of needs and these needs can't be met just by nonprofits. They need business owners to step up and do their part as well. Whatever part that means for, you know, a specific person. Hello and welcome everyone to Awaken to Your Real Power podcast. I am so excited to have you here. I am your host, Roma Bajaj Kohli, and I am taking you on a journey within. My sole intention with this podcast is to help you dive deeper into identifying your authentic self, overcoming self-doubt, fears and limitations, and becoming in alignment with the best version of you. I bring in guests from diverse fields and backgrounds and we talk about self-growth, self-mastery, building meaningful relationships and doing work that feeds your soul. Okay, so welcome everyone to Wellness by Roma. This is Roma Bajaj Kohli and today we are talking on the Awaken to Your Real Power podcast. And today with me, I have a very fascinating, my personal favorite, and very amazing friend and guest. She is not just my um, writing coach, my branding coach, but also someone who I dearly love. And I call her my, you know, my mentor and my guru in every way. So her name is Brittany Love. And as her friends call her, Be Love, that's exactly what her mission in life is too. She helps business owners build a brand strategy with social impact so they can make money and be the change. She helps clients come become the revolutionary presence that can champion the movement they were born to lead. And basically from what I know of Brittany is that she has this uh, magical wand that can make anything you write or even things that you are about to write but are brewing in your head come into life and make an impact, not just for you, but also for your readers and audience, whoever at the back end is receiving your information. So welcome, Brittany. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Roma, thank you so much. I Oh my gosh. If I could just have like what you said running through my mind 24 seven, like, I know that's what you do for your clients, but I'm like, gosh, <laughs> that was such a beautiful introduction. Thank you so, so much. You're so welcome. I think I meant every word of it, but I want my audience to know a little bit more about you because I know you didn't always started doing revelationary presence. You had you, you were doing something else before that. I know you worked in the ministry. So I want to know more about, you worked with adults and youth, then you were a pastor for the community. So I want to know more about that part of your life. Yeah, I, um, I often joke that I have the most conventional brand strategy background, right? Because I'm a minister and a violence researcher, which doesn't make you think brand strategy at all. But what I did, uh, before. And so what I still do, but on a much more part-time basis is that I help, uh, I, I worked in churches and is specifically helping build missional communities. Um, in some instances, I was a pastor. In some instances, I was helping other people uh, build those communities. So creating teams that would build new communities. And so that was kind of how I got started in my profession, like the 
my original professional path. And so that actually has translated a lot into what I do now in helping people not only build a brand, but build one that's based around their purpose and around their mission, because it's really that, um, you know, that work with the community that I did in the nonprofit sector, in, um, you know, research, in, in ministry that has shaped my understanding of we have a world with a lot of needs and these needs can't be met just by nonprofits. They need business owners to step up and do their part as well. Whatever part that means for, you know, a specific person. Right. And also because I think NGOs do a fabulous job and they tirelessly work. But I also feel that no matter the size of your business or no matter the size of your impact that you are making, there are a lot of gray areas that need help. And every entrepreneur is a problem solver. So they are actually impacting the world in such a wonderful way. So, so tell me, Brittany, that when, you, when did you realize from being a pastor to like, what was the timing like for you? And how was that pivot of, like you said that, you know, of course it was, it was your epiphany in doing the ministry that, okay, I want to impact, you know, we need people earning some money to be able to make a larger impact. But how was that pivot like for you? Because as you know, we have been, you know, going through COVID times and a lot of people have had to pivot and change their courses of life and even if you're doing the same job you have had to change your environment that you work in and then adapting to that whole new environment so how was that pivot like for you and what did it look like for you when you made it yeah i think that's an interesting question because i've pivoted multiple times i know you've seen my background but my career path has actually spanned like three continents i think um, I've lived in three foreign countries that speak three completely different languages, um, Argentina, uh, Quebec, Canada, the, the French Canada, and Japan. Um, and so pivoting has kind of become a lifestyle for me in some ways <laughs> because I've done it frequently. Um, but it's really actually, once you get over the initial fear, it's actually so much fun. Like you're literally opening up a whole new world of opportunities that you could never imagine have you just stayed in the course that you're in. Um, as far as like the specific pivot from ministry to have being a full-time business owner, I think that was, I mean, I think there were two things, like one, I was ramping up to do that. And then two, a position that I was in was ending. And I actually had an opportunity on the table to go into another full-time ministry position. And I said, mm, I'm not so sure that this is the right time. Like there were actually some things that I really enjoyed about that offer. Um, but there were other things that were calling me to say, no, I think right now we need to make an even larger impact than what can be done in church circles. I mean, you're dealing with a, a certain set of demographics, you're dealing with people of a certain religious orientation, but I wanted to help more people. I wanted to help the world. Um, obviously, that's not a great target market, the world. <laughs> so I have narrowed it down since then. But for me, the pivot, I think, was actually really challenging in some ways because at first I didn't make the connection between what I wanted to do now to my deeper purpose. Like I thought that I was giving up a part of my identity and it wasn't until I've had like 
multiple clients and figured out like how I work best that I really started to understand, no, I am doing the same things I was before. Like when I work with business owners, we often uncover past traumas that are keeping them stuck. You know, when I'm working with them, we find they're, they're struggling with their identity and their purpose as well. Like this is a vocational question. This is like, what are you called to do in this world? And, um, the, the rest, the coaching, the how to, the, the tactics of social media, of um, your user experience on your website, all of that, that's kind of just surface covering in some ways. That really is not too much different than what I did when I worked in the church. And like, I made sure, you know, the bulletins are here so that people have them when they walk in. And I just walked through like how people would enter the church and think about, okay, what space do we need to create for them? to feel at home. And so that is exactly the same thing in your brand experience. You wanna say, okay, what space do we wanna create for people so that they feel at home, so that they're comfortable taking this risk? Because we're always inviting people into risk, but we're also inviting them into the opportunity, right? And so the opportunity has to be supported. And so that's really what I think helps me realize that th these aren't two distinct callings for me. This is the exact same calling working with a different set of people in different circumstances. Yeah, I love that. And like you said, like ch uh, change then becomes fun and adventurous. I've lived it. I've lived in. <laughs> but it's scary at first, <laughs> like so scary. <laughs> it is. And, and I'm sure now more and more people can resonate with how unsettling that unknown space can be but yeah. I like how you brought attention to um, why you pivoted or you moved from different countries and spaces you still carried your purpose your bigger why with you in every place that you went and I feel like that becomes like our grounding stake you know where you are like this is it this is where I stand no matter where I go no matter how many times I feel I'm rooted and then uprooted it's okay because I know my bigger why and I carry that with me wherever I go so it's so funny you say that because I've lived in um, four countries too before we moved to United States and I always felt this identity crisis because I felt like oh my god new country new way of figuring out what I want to do and then what what I should be doing and then blah 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 and then it just happened so that it was in this move when we came to the United States I was like this is it why does moving or changing have to be so hard I can just figure out what is like, just look back and see, connect the dots to how, what is that one purpose that I stand for? And then I can see how I have lived that wherever I go. And so what, how would you, Brittany, be able to help someone listening to this podcast right now to understand what that why is? Because there could be people at different stages, you know, they are someone who could be just pivoting, who could be someone who knows their why, but just because of the change right now, feels completely lost and confused because they're like, okay, I don't know, should I restart? And what does restarting mean? Does it mean that I get rid of my bigger why? And then how do I bring myself back to my center no matter what I'm doing? So what would you say to, uh, to people who are 
pivoting, changing, but at the same time, they are like, how do we stay attuned to our vocation no matter where we go? Yeah, um, how do we stay tuned to our vocation no matter where we go? Whew, uh, lots of lots of attention. <laughs> so I think I think that's part of it. Um, I love what you said about the pivoting. Yes, it is completely disorienting. And one of the beautiful things about carrying my why with me through so many different circumstances was that I always had a new opportunity to explore the depth of it. So I think first of all, holding like in your heart that this is another opportunity to explore the depth of your why is really helpful in saying, okay, I don't have to start all over. I already know something. This is just another opportunity to see what more is out there. And then uh, when I work with people, what I do is I have them kind of, I, I have them kind of think forward, but I also have them think backward, right? Because your why is related in part to the vision of the world. Like if you were to create the perfect world, what it, would it look like? Um, and I think what's kind of mind boggling to people, unless they've talked to a bunch of different people doing this, is that everybody has a slightly different vision of what a perfect world would look like, right? Like some people it's, you know, backcountry roads, other people it's big cities. And there's not one right answer at all, but, and I'm not saying that your location is the only thing that matters, but it's just an example. And just remembering that whatever your vision has, has some huge clues to what your purpose is. However, if you have at least some kind of basic understanding or basic belief around where your purpose lies, you can also look back to see what more is there in my past? What experiences did I absolutely love? What experiences lit me up like no other so that I can actually bring more of that into my life now? Because your purpose isn't something that you're struggling at. Like, you know, this isn't supposed to be this like tooth and nail struggle every single moment of every single day. There certainly will be moments like that. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> But it's not supposed to be this horrible like fight with the world most of the time. Even in the tough moments, you are supposed to have some sense that this is what you are meant to do and an inner peace that even though this is a struggle right now, that you are still going in the right direction. So if you're constantly seeking after the struggle, that is probably not your why. So looking back to think, okay, what were those things that lit me up? Do they help me modify how I'm acting right now so that I can actually live that why in a way that is fulfilling? Or what did I not even pay attention to before that was there all the way along? So it's a lot of listening, a lot of digging in deep, um, and also doing it in a way that doesn't seem like over, like, don't feel like you have to solve this question tomorrow because your whole life is going to be your ultimate why. You don't, you don't discover this one, um, like in one big bang, right? This is, this is like a book. It's one page at a time, one chapter at a time, like one section at a time. And each new page and chapter and section will reveal a part of the story that you have not written yet, that the world has not written with you yet. So there's always more hope and opportunity to deepen your why in the future.
Yeah. Oh, I love that answer because I think I really resonate. One of my mentors used to say that purpose is like, it's like that key or that wallet that you feel you're, you're like relentlessly looking for it everywhere, but all the time it has been either in your back pocket or in your bag all the time, or it's like those glasses you put on your head and then you're looking everywhere. So I, I, I think so true. Yeah. You kind of said that if it's hard, it's not your true why, you know, if it's so hard on you, then that's probably not your true why, because most often than not, people don't realize how many labels and identities they get confused with. And they think they have to do that because that's what the world is going to approve of them when they do that versus what really calls to their heart and soul to follow. Yeah. That is so true. Um, and I've experienced a, a piece of this like really early on. I was going specifically with sustainability because sustainability makes a social impact. And yes, I love working with clients who do sustainability, but deep down, like my real social impact has always been about people. And yes, it's so important the people who are focusing on the environment and so who can help us grow in that way. But gosh, like, why did I focus in so narrow and struggle so much to try to attract these type of people when it was such a broader why, as such a broader group of people that I wanted to talk to? Um, I, I think that was one of the ways, you know, the sunglasses are right there on my head and I, I'm looking everywhere for them thinking, why can't I see them? Because <laughs> oh I've forgotten how to feel them. That's why. Mm. Yes. And it is so important to feel that because if you are not really tapping into, like, I love how you said about paying attention and listening deep. I was reading this book where somebody gave an uh, example of Michelangelo when he created a sculpture, an angel sculpture out of a piece of marble. Somebody asked him that, you know, how do you envision all this? And he said, I feel I the, the angel, I felt the angel was always there. All I had to do was chip off the extra marble. And I thought that was so profound and it's so related to our conversation right now where that vision, that purpose has always been with us. It has never left us, but we just have to shut down that noise. I like to call it the noise to be able to listen and deeply pay attention to what that purpose feels like for you. So one of the things that I read on your website was you are an advocates for advocates. And I love how you, you put that because as a mom, as a business owner, as a, um, you know, as an individual myself, as a woman who has been raised in society to be a natural giver, caretaker, and I am an empath by nature, and I'm sure a huge part of you is too. So I want to know that how do advocates, like I know you are an advocate for advocates, but it was it, that just that message stuck with me. And I was like, I have to ask Brittany about this because I want to know that how do advocates who are like you are advocating for advocates, how do you communicate to them the power of seeking the right support at the right time without burning themselves out? 
Oh gosh, it's so hard because advocates never feel like they need the support because they always see someone else needing so much more support. It's like the gift of being a mom and the curse of being a mom, right? Um, I think, let's see, this is a tough question. Give me a second to think about this one. I think it partially becomes uh, like, like it becomes a critical when you realize you're spinning your wheels or you feel tired and exhausted or you feel like you've done everything and still you're not moving forward. But more importantly, when you feel alone, right? No social movement is done all by oneself. <laughs> so whether you have a team of people who are helping you, who are, you know, your family members, your friends, like whoever that's just giving you support support and guidance that way, or whether you are at the point where you're ready to have someone who really can help guide you further meet your goal, that's kind of like, like either one works. You just can't do this alone. So guiding people to, gosh, <laughs> guiding people to understand that they need support. Oh, I mean, half of them has to know already that they need support. And I think really deep down, they're crying out for it in their souls. And they know that like pit black pit of loneliness that they're feeling. And they know that they're like, oh my gosh, I have this great idea. I have this wonderful thing. And I just want the whole wide world to know. Um, I mean, I've heard you say about this with your work with women that you're like, oh my gosh, I can, I can help people move so many of these blocks from their lives. Like, I just want the whole world to know about it and I want to serve them. Like when you're feeling that, that's usually a sign that you need someone else to help you along in your journey because <sighs> trying to do it all by yourself forever is just not sustainable. It And it is actually not going to get your message out to as many people as you want it to. You know, it's one, it's like being the voice um, who's screaming into the hurricane versus the crowd that's chanting, you know, like the lone voice can only do so much. The lone voice is meant to call in the other people. And so if you're constantly stuck where you're not moving forward, where you're not gaining the traction with the people that you want, where you're, um, where you're even confused about what you're supposed to be advocating for, that, that is when it's time to call in some, some help from someone else because, and that can be a friend that can be a business partner, uh, like some, someone you respect in the business world, or that can be someone like me that helps clients do this on a regular basis. Like you don't, like you don't need to, to say, oh, I can only do this when I make X, Y, Z money. You can start getting that support immediately from the people around you that you trust with the solutions and having enough of the solution to get you moved forward will lead you to a point where you can get more, uh, more help in the future. So, yes, I love that. I love how you said that the feelings of loneliness, the feeling when you are questioning or getting confused about what is it that you are here to do despite of having clarity all along the way, but now you're suddenly stopped in your tracks and wondering what is it that I'm here to do. Or the other sign that I often see um, is that, you know, when people are 
constantly procrastinating and are not able to make the take the next leap even yes yeah like they are not able to give themselves that that permission or for whatever reason to go for move move the ball forward in whatever way they can then i think it's time that people uh, advocates caregivers nurturers mom should know that you know they really need the support and it's a saying that it takes a village to raise a child and i think it takes a village and a tribe to even raise your own business and i'm saying that from experiences of burning out and not being able to ask or basically just give myself that permission to you know to to seek that help because simply because you feel so unworthy or lack you know you have deservingness issues where you don't feel deserving enough to seek that support and that help so yeah thank you i think this is going to help so many people to understand that they need we all need that support well and i think there's a just a natural piece of this like our mission our clarity is only in relation to other people there is absolutely literally no one on the face of this earth that is here without other people you know western society we like to say i think therefore i am but no it's we are and therefore i am like i cannot say that i exist outside of all the people that help helped me be here to begin with and they're the people that have helped me see my gifts you know they're the help the people that help me stay true to my calling even when it's tough they're the people that give me the kick in the butt when i'm not living up to what i actually believe like we all need that support mm-hmm. um and that that can be friendships or like i mean you and i both have like sunk big money into having lots of people help us maintain this clarity like we all need a coach you know however you get it is up to you but we all need one right and this reminds me of tiknat han he i was reading one of his books where living a life of purpose i think where he says that today when i write on my hand i cannot erase uh, the lines of my father and the forefathers and the parents and everyone else who came before uh, me and him to give us and to give me my my body my face my my dna my genes whatever and i think that is what we forget especially when we are in that whole shutdown mode we forget that that we are here because there's a there's a whole lineage of people who have come before us who have given us be it our limitations or be it our freedom you know they they have imparted like they have imparted and they have a huge role to play so i love how you frame that we are therefore i am i i love that i i never thought of it like that so thank you that was beautiful i i think it comes um i i should have like i think it comes from ubuntu i think it's like an african um like understanding of the world but it's one that i very much think that yeah that nails it like we can't exist without others and gosh don't moms know this like think about it when do you hear your parents voice the most when you're disciplining your kids and you're thinking oh my gosh i am so like my parents and i so don't want to be <laughs> even if we're doing it in a different way even if we've progressed beyond where our parents were like we have them as that frame of reference right 
and we hear our, we hear it like our voices are a reflection of theirs and it's terrifying, <laughs> but it's also means that nothing we have in this life is something that we have done on our own. So we don't have to be alone in anything that we have to do in the future either. Yes, yes, yes. I hope everyone who's listening is really soaking into this piece because this is very important to seek the support. And then I also feel, Brittany, you may choose to give a different point of view, but when you allow yourself to receive that help, it changes the way you um, you live life. You know, it changes your whole perspective about what it means to invest in yourself and receive that help. Like I completely changed my perspective around money, around um, self-care, like self-care became so much more deeper for me when I started investing in myself by seeking support through not the traditional ways, like not, not putting, like it's not that I don't do spas, but not putting money there, but putting money into something which helps me dream, build my dream and my vision. Because I feel a huge part of me uh, thrives when that comes to life, when I'm able to be that breath of fresh air into someone's life. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I, I think everybody needs either a spiritual coach, a life coach, a um, business coach or brand coach or a career coach, right? Because we all have a bigger vision of life and it's not going to be fulfilled by doing our nails, right? We can do our nails in the process. There is nothing wrong with feeling good about your body and being beautiful. And that that is a great thing to invest in as well. But it's not going to be enough to fulfill that deep need inside of us, that deep desire inside of us, the desire to be known and to seen, to be seen and to be heard and to contribute. You know, I, I think about my daughter, like the biggest difference in her in the past few years is that when she was, um, gosh, I feel like I'm switching from receiving to contributing on this one, <laughs> but when she, uh, when she started contributing in the family, like she actually received this whole other understanding of what it meant to be family, right? She received this understanding that said, oh my gosh, life is all these gifts, these constant gifts that we have been given. And it's just a little bit of contribution that we need to give and a whole lot of receiving. And I think when we realize that, that whatever contribution we are meant to give can be super small, as long as we open ourselves to receiving all of this other stuff as well, the support, the um, the friendships, and the the time we have together with other people, like I think that really changes things. I don't know if any of this is making sense. <laughs> no, it's making perfect sense because I feel that one of the ways to really bring yourself back to center from when you are feeling lost and burnout out is to connect and contribute. Those are my two C's I always uh, reach out to. Depends, some days I do the contribution before I do the connection. Uh, some days I do the connection before I do the contribution because it could be depending on where you are in your life. So, but contributing and connecting is the only way you can truly feel back into your, you know, into your centered self versus either your sabotaging self or either like way over your, 
your head self like i'm like i'm woohoo i'm flying <laughs> this is this is actually one of the reasons why we practice gratitude uh we do as a family we do it as a family just because um it's easy for everyone to remember it that way and it's actually like this nightly ritual at the dinner table we write down three things and then we share them um and it's always optional to share just because we do have a teenager <laughs> <laughs> gratitude can sometimes be hard in the teenage years but what it what it does is it helps us understand like what we're going through in a way that is receiving so even when we receive a struggle sometimes like the number of times my husband has had problems at work and then at the and like he we talk about them during dinner and then his gratitude that day is that I have work you know the way that we understand our struggles is all in a relation to understanding like, is this something that we're just doing of our own will and our own struggle and our own contribution? Or is this, is this an opportunity that we have received that we are very special to have received because, and I think that's especially helpful with for mothers right now who are like doing the double duty of work and uh, kids that like, this is, we have received so, so much. That does not mean that we can ask support from our spouses if we have them, or we can ask support from our fans and friends and family members if they're able to. However, all of this struggle is going to be a beautiful chapter in our book. Mm. Yes, I truly believe that. And thank you for sharing that gratitude practice because of when you were coaching me uh, two months back or a month back, I introduced it to my family as well. And now our mission, like our goal has become is to fill the entire kitchen with the post-it notes of our gratitude, uh, sticky notes. So, so we are doing it as a family too. That is so funny because I actually have our gratitudes from last year and we're going to put them in little notebooks. <laughs> oh, wow. I love so that that we can reflect back on them. And I literally like, it's, we'll put it this way so nobody can see what the gratitude is, but it's like a slip of paper that I just tore up. I had some extra color paper and then we keep it. Um, we have kind of like a shelf underneath of our table. That's a, that's a blessing, but um, we keep it there. And then I pull them out and I shuffle them out like playing cards and then we just write them down. So I love that visual of like your filling your wall with gratitude. Yeah, oh, that's so gorgeous. Please uh, take a photo of that. <laughs> yes, and I will tag you in it uh, because, because I think that it is so important. Gratitude is one attitude that really shifts you into a positive frame of mind instantaneously. And it's not the toxic positivity, but rather it's the positivity that will really help you become extremely brutally honest with yourself and see how much you are blessed with right now well and that's the one thing that gratitude really does too is it helps you reframe the story right like messaging is all about the story branding is all about the story life really is all about the story that you're writing so being able to frame it the way that you want to frame it and i learned this from um 
a friend and mentor, her name is Brenda Lilly. She, she was a Hollywood screenwriter and she said, you know, you are the protagonist in your story. Like you are the main character in your own story. You are not the sidekick. In someone else's story, you can be the sidekick and that's great. Everybody needs a great sidekick too. But in your story, you are the lead, leading lady and you have all of this information that nobody else has and you get to choose how you tell that information. And I think that's really important because if we can consistently choose to tell it as in a, in a way of lack, that is what we will feel and that is what the world will see. If we consistently tell it in a way that we're struggling, you know, that is what we will feel and that is what the world will see. But if we say, no, I have these wonderful opportunities I maybe wouldn't have chosen for all of them to come this way, but I have them. And this is going to teach me something that will help so many people in the future. That is a completely different story than, oh, woe is me. Gosh, why do I have these problems? <laughs> you know, like, oh, it's just so freeing to be able to write your own story as opposed to just settling for whatever crap story the world wants to throw on you. And there are very, very few people in this world, even the the wealthiest of the wealthy, that don't get some crap story thrown on them. Oh, yes. I mean, if you didn't get a crap story thrown on you, you're probably, um, I don't know, an ED maybe, and they also have crap stories thrown on them. I don't know, but it's it's in the crap that you actually find your gold, gold mine. I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I believe that and I know that it's from the dust that, you know, like my brother would always tell me some amount of bullying that you, that you go through your life, bullying, you, you can call it bullying, you can call it, you know, the crap that comes upon you or the, the, the whatever trauma that you go through. It's really, that is your fertile soil. That is what really feuds your soil to become more, more fertile, to grow and blossom into whoever you want to be. So this is like, I love when you said, Brittany, about uh, we are all actually writing our stories and we are the protagonists of the story. I want to know that many a times, especially when I work with sometimes working professionals who have a full-time corporate job, sometimes I feel like they find this inner uh, battle with um, they feel like when when you are working for someone you kind of feel stuck as to I want to express my own mission I want to express my own version of the story but they find it hard to probably get that perspective that you still can even if you're working for someone else and I know that you have been working for different coaches and companies, and you still are able to maintain your voice. And, you know, like Revolutionary Presence is your own uh, brand and your own child. So I want to know that how can someone while working for other people feel like they are, you know, working for their mission, their purpose, but how can you still continue? Like, I feel like you really embody that very well. So I want to know that how can, uh, women or individuals feel not tied into a certain box and still be able to express and bring their 
vision of expression or mission or story into life. Yeah. Uh, so for corporate women, um, it is harder sometimes, uh, like as a business owner, it's actually really easy to express your own mission because <laughs> you're the boss. Uh, the only one who's going to be a critic is yourself. And gosh, that, that can sometimes be the worst critic. So with women who are in corporate, I think it really depends. Are you in a toxic environment or are you in a healthy environment? And it's sometimes hard to tell because sometimes if you've dealt with a lot of toxic environments in the past, you can bring that into your current situation and it can be a struggle. But I think even in a toxic environment, because I have worked in a few of those environments as well, there is always the opportunity to say, okay, I know this isn't ideal, but this is the mission of the person that I'm working for or the person that I'm working with. And that could be the company's mission or it could be your directors, like your direct, like who you report to their mission and say, what part of who I am can help contribute to their mission so that I can live a little bit bigger piece of me in my work and they can also respect that and see that and say, oh my gosh, this actually helped me solve one of my problems too. So I think that's the, like, there, like there are people who are much better at telling you what to do in the corporate, like a Jennifer Brick, I think is the toxic, the toxicity career coach that I would recommend if anyone is specifically uh, needing a career coach. But I think that that, um, that first piece of like, where can I align even in this situation is really important. But part of that, most of that, I think is actually the work that you help people do and is to finding and expressing their own voices. Because usually it is our own inner fears that are stopping us way more than our, than our external circumstances. Even if we have the worst external circumstances, our fear is what is the true limiter. And that is why you see all of the, not all of these, but a lot of stories where people rise like out of nothing, rise out of poverty, like all these inspirational stories. And they don't happen necessarily where you would expect. They can be like in the middle of nowhere, like in a poor country. And then all of a sudden these people make it big. And yes, they're one in a million, but they're one in a million because they never lost sight of that belief in themselves. They never lost sight of the opportunity that was there. It's like an ability to hold on to hope that is profound. And so I think that's usually a sign. Like if you have lost that hope, that's when you need to get support because that is what really at the end of the day is going to help you speak your truth and help you live into your mission. And I think there's also for, for people who are working, like sometimes it actually is something outside of work where you will express that alignment. Like, I don't know how much creativity and artwork can be done, say corporate finance, for example, <laughs> like creativity and finances are not something that we really think are a great idea 99% of the time. Um, but even there, like give what you can to your coworkers, give what you can to your environment, but look for another source and another way to live that purpose because it, it's, it would just be a waste of everybody's time if you didn't. Yeah. And also I feel like we forget how important having a hobby 
that that really brings peace and sanity to your heart and soul is very important. And that hobby can be a vocation or it can turn into a business later on, who knows? But what, what I have learned with my experiences, exactly what you are saying is first to get in alignment with yourself and then know that your job or your business, none of it is, is a badge of your honor. It is service that you are here to do and provide. But at the same time, it's your job to find that, that level of peace and sat happiness, satisfaction within you, right? No matter how toxic the environment outside can be, that inner peace has always been there. The angel is always here. You just have to carve out what's not, um, you know, what's not serving you right now. This reminds me of, um, it made me think of Jesus and I'm just going to use his life real quick, but like, he is the perfect example of someone like half the time people wanted to throw him off of a cliff. Half the time people loved him, right? It was just depending on like what he was saying in that moment and who the people surrounding him were like, he is like the master of toxicity. Right. <laughs> so, but he also took times to rejuvenate. He took times to be served like you know, the person who, who in one religion, at least is considered the servant of the world took time to be served by people. Think about that folks. When was the last time you let someone serve you? Wow. I want to clap. It's so beautiful at this point. I love it because exactly what you are saying. I was taught when I went to the yogic school about servant leadership. And I was like, I love it. I love the concept. It's everything. But when is it my turn to be served on a platter? And, <laughs> and it, was, it was in search of that, that I was like, no, there are some nuances to the servant leadership that, that like, you know, that trickle down theory. If I am being so kind, caring and compassionate, I need to fill my cup up too. And that's when I, I realized the importance of self-love and you know, dedicating time towards myself and filling my cup in whatever the best way I thought I needed to. Well, and I love what you do because that's where an, an error of many of our religious teachers in the past have gone is because they usually had people serving them that just get right written out of history or they had this kind of extreme aestheticism and it does not work if you are a a modern woman in a modern world with modern kids and modern bureaucracies and modern husbands and modern jobs that are all fighting for your demands. Like that does not work. Everyone, every religious leader, every everyone ever has been served by someone. And we write that the, serv the servants of the servants, we write them out of the story. And that is unfortunate because none of us reach spiritual enlightenment or personal enlightenment or fulfillment or purpose or mission without someone else serving us. It just doesn't happen. I love that. I just want to take a few seconds to, re to, to really sink that in because I think it is so important to allow ourselves to be treated like the way we want, like the way we treat the world. You know, it, it's so important. So one thing that I thought came twice to my mind, but that question slipped uh, was 
when we when you were talking about the inner and the outer world and you know in few few scenarios you mentioned it but sometimes Brittany, this is this is my um, own maybe you know contemplation that i am working on right now is that inner the inside of me knows a certain reality and a truth but outside of me is not fully probably um, strong, embodied, resilient enough yet to, um, like I'm trying to use all the growth mindset, right word vocabulary here to make sure that I'm not giving my subconscious mind any more <laughs> room to know that I am, I am not ready. But like there is always this inner knowing and calling and clarity but sometimes it's hard for it to melt into the outside world. And it's not like, like you said in, in a scenario that our inner critic is the most loudest or the harshest sometimes, most of the times. So I feel like how, like what I want to ask you is that how do you personally allow yourself to allow maybe the not so confident or not so fully confined inner inner calling or voice to come out into the outer world even when you're like still dabbling with it or still forming the resilience in it how do you melt the inner and the outer world into still straying, staying honest and authentic to you to your mission and to you yeah yeah i mean for me, this took actually the first thing it was taking, we were talked about receiving earlier, but we receive both good and we receive both bad. You know, we don't want to receive the untrue stories and it's really hard. So for me, it took a lot of years just figuring out what is my truth and what are these other things that people have told me? And gosh, the best thing. So every not every year, but um, every year there's the opportunity to give up something for Lent in the Christian tradition. And it's 40 days of giving up something and it's helped to kind of purify and prepare on the start of Easter. But one year I gave up self-criticism and, oh my gosh, it is way harder to give up than chocolate for one thing. But a week into it, I explained what I thought self-criticism was to a friend of mine who was trying to hold me accountable. And she, thankfully, I said it to the right person. She's a psychologist. She, she said, Brittany, you're not talking about self-criticism. Self-criticism is what comes from within. What you're talking about is like other people putting you down. The stories you have internalized from other people who have harmed you in the past. And so I think that's helpful to think like one of the first things that can keep us from finding our clarity inside and our calling is really those stories from other people that maybe have been were well-intentioned, like our parents, tons of well-intentions, not necessarily the right methods, right? <laughs> I say that thinking, gosh, I'm sure my daughter will bring this up in therapy someday, <laughs> like confession, but like, us learning to filter out those non-helpful stories is super important for us to having the confidence to then say, okay, but this is actually me. And then there's the next step, which is like, how do I take that inner truth and bring it out into the world? And 
I would say it depends on how brave you are, but it starts with baby steps. The best thing that you could ever receive in this life is a struggle, is a, is a block, is a, something that makes you so darn angry that you just cannot stop yourself from speaking your truth. Mm -hmm. um, for me, one of the things I do is I advocate for Spanish speaking immigrants. My husband is from Mexico and my daughter is her first language is Spanish. And like, I see it all the time with our community. And how do you speak up for yourself when you don't speak English, right? Like, and you're dealing with an English system. So I, I try to help bridge that gap a little bit. Um, and um, it really, I think took the worst happening to our community to say, no, no person needs to be treated like this. Like seeing like two people, you know, at, it was at a church service and it was two people named Christian had been um, picked up by uh, ICE. One stayed and one we were praying for his wife who was left here with their, their infant child. And I'm like, this is a luck of the draw situation. There's just, there's no character thing here. This is not a character debate. There's just no reason that anybody needs to be treated like that. And it helps open my eyes to all the other ways that society had blocked, you know, this group of immigrants, but immigrants in general from being able to access what the society provides when everybody knows immigrants help build America. There is not anything built in America that wasn't built by an immigrant somewhere down along the line, right? Not like, unless you are 100% American Indian, you are an immigrant. You are a child of immigrants. <laughs> you are built by immigrants. So I think that like, I was lucky in that situation that that purpose became so clear because the outside world just pushed back so hard. I love that. I love that because I love how you said that in order to make sure that your inner voice, no matter how weak or frail it may feel in this moment, to come out, allow it to come out on the outer. Number one is to understand what is your truth. Number two is baby steps. Take small steps. Don't think about jumping off the cliff right at the bat, you know. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. And then the other is allow the pain to trigger you. Let it, let it really, you know, sometimes it's through the wound. It was Rumi who said that, you know, it's through the wound. It's through the cut that light really enters your heart. Like the light will really enter your heart. So I think it's important to allow the pain to trigger us so that we can then go ahead and take the leap and do whatever we need to do and let our purpose scream in our space that that's what you are here to do. <laughs> wow. I love the way that you said that, you know, we think of trigger warnings like, oh, we don't want to trigger people, but no, we actually do. We want, we don't want to trigger people in a way that harms them, but we want to trigger them in a way that helps them see what even we are too blind to see about ourselves. That is so beautiful. Like the trigger, the pain so that you can use it to speak your truth. Yes. Yes. I love it. Nice. Brittany, this was fabulous. I want to end the last section of this podcast by asking you a rapid fire. So I have picked up words from, uh, from your website and words that 
that probably you know you work with and you do so i'm just going to say the word out and you can say the first thought word or even couple of words is fine or a sentence that comes up to you when i say that word are you ready no rapid fire terrifies me but let's go <laughs> okay so even if you're not ready here you go <laughs> okay so the first word is money oh opportunity revolution amazing possibilities love what we all need branding how we truly express who we are and what we want to see and the mark we want to leave on the world kindness gosh what we deserve to give to everybody else and what we deserve to receive in return mm. perseverance <laughs> the stuff that will make the best chapters in our lives i would just say perseverance dash britney <laughs> i was thinking today <laughs> i was like uh like every day <laughs> Yeah, but, okay. but then I'm like, that's probably not helpful. <laughs> I totally edited myself there. <laughs> okay, that was a quick edit. It didn't even feel like an edit. Okay, passion. Ah, oh, what makes you feel alive? Vision. What we really want to see in this world. Presence. It is really hard to be rapid fired with your own words. I'm just gonna stop right there. Oh my gosh, this is intimidating. Presence. Oh, actually, the it's you. It's the being that you you've taught me. Like the medit. Roma is the only person that could ever get me to meditate. Just just throwing that out there. But it's that being and that listening to that still small voice within. That's your presence. social impact how you're going to use your passion to make a difference and leave your mark in a way that helps others wow purpose oh shoot isn't that the same <laughs> <laughs> no it's not your purpose is that deep inner calling that deep like why that deep like this is what makes me want to get up every single day of my life and keep doing this that right. is your purpose and it's who you are in doing that as well. Yes, oh my god, Brittany, you finished. Oh you gosh. <laughs> I never want to be quizzed by myself ever again. Like you just threw me the biggest challenge in the world. <laughs> I think okay, this is what I do. When I do a rapid fire, I just pick up most of the words that that are on your branding like where wherever you write, I pick up most of the words from there because I'm sure I know the dictionary meaning of all these words and this is what I think recently is that you may know the literal meaning of all these words but it's so beautiful to hear it from your perspective because that's when you really open up your own perspective into someone else's so thank you you actually just demonstrated why it's so helpful to have someone else in your branding because I'm so going to go back and listen to this to see what I need to try more in my own <laughs> like That was beautiful. Thank you so much, Roma. 
Thank you, Brittany. Is there anything else that you feel I wasn't able to ask you or cover that you might want to share with our audience? Um, I can't really think of anything. Um, I, I do have, I don't know if it's appropriate, but I do have a Facebook group called Build Your Mission Driven Brand if people are looking for a way to reach out. Um, and I have a resource that I think might actually be helpful even if you have people in corporate, um, but especially for business owners. And it's a guide to doing your brand um, manifesto. Because mm. uh, revolutions all have manifestos, right? Okay. Um, and that can actually, you can actually get that by signing up for my newsletter. So if that's like what you, if you want to write your own brand manifesto, and this can be your personal manifesto as well, I think that's a huge and helpful way to figuring out like, okay, what is this deeper purpose? And just getting enough of it down on paper that it can grow over time. I love that because I think in nowadays world, you are your own brand, no matter where you are. Even if you're working for a corporation, you are your own brand. So thank you. I think that is super helpful. Thank you, Roma. It's been such a pleasure to be here. Same here. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. I want to take a moment to appreciate the time, energy, and effort that you have put into growing and becoming the best version of you. I am deeply grateful and forever indebted to serve you with the best of my abilities. Subscribe to this podcast and leave me a review here. It will really help me and help those around you if you share this podcast with others. If in any way this podcast has inspired you, I hope and wish that you will share this with your friends and families all across social media. I would love to leave you with one last quote that is my favorite and that is from the Bhagavad Gita and it says that you come here empty-handed and you will leave empty-handed. What is yours today belong to someone else yesterday and will belong to someone else tomorrow. We are all here to pay it forward.